No holy faces today, huh? All right. <laughs> Look a little earlier today. I was like, ah, what's going on? It's Christmas, but it's over, right? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't feel good. I feel good for Christmas to be over finally, right? It's just done, right? Finished with that. What's that? It's only day two of 12. That's right. Exactly. we got many more to come. Yeah. Uh, you know, after Christmas, I don't know about you, right? I mean, there's, uh, I love Christmas. I love the buildup. I told you about how we like to try to start decorating in November, right? And, uh, you know, not waiting for that Thanksgiving thing to happen. No, no, no. Let's make it, you know, all just fit in, right? You know? And so, uh, so we love uh, Christmas. We love all the, just the energy behind it, the change, the lights, the, uh, you know, messing with the house. And so it's like you get a little more cramped, you know, trying to get around furniture and stuff. And, uh, you know, we bring out, you, if you guys have been to our house, some of you have, uh, you know, we've, we like coffee mugs. We've got like a shrine to coffee mugs and to coffee. Um, totally like not worshiping though. It's not, not really that anyway. Um, but, uh, so we have all these coffee mugs. So we bring out our Christmas mugs, right? Cause we've got a bunch of Christmas mugs and so we get to hang those up, you know, and it's just, you know, fun, right? You know, you just got all that stuff happening, you know, I get Christmas lights. My wife actually, we, we were a little late getting the Christmas lights on the outside of the house. I'm sorry, honey. It's yeah. She was dropping hints over and over again. And I just was ignoring those hints. Anyway, um, <laughs> But Christmas was great because I got it up Christmas Eve, so, you know, she forgave me before Christmas Eve, you know, Christmas got there, so it was great. Uh, anyway, so you're you, you excited about Christmas, all the energy that goes in that excitement. Even, you know, Christmas Eve service, you know, you guys, you know, just got to tell you, you know, Christmas Eve, you know, just two days ago, you had a lot more excitement than you do this morning. I'm sorry, but you just kind of, you're a little dry, a little kind of dead this morning, it seems like. I don't know, maybe we just stayed up too late. I don't know what it is, but, but you know, the excitement... Till you get there, and then afterwards, it's oftentimes kind of okay. Whew, we made it through, you know, and maybe some of you still got family in town, and so it's a little bit the energy is still there, and you're kind of fired up still. But you know, eventually, here in another few days, or maybe another week, you get through maybe New Year's, and and then it's after the holidays, and you kind of just like start to. Right, you know, and and you start to okay, we gotta take down the decorations. Some of us, others, just say, ah, they're good. I'll just leave them for next year. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it's just kind of the come down, right? And, and then life kind of just gets back to where it was, right? And, uh, and then we just kind of, I don't know, it, 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 can be, it can be a good thing, but oftentimes we kind of like, you know, all right, that's, that, that's it. And maybe we reflect and, well, that was a great Christmas or eh, it was okay Christmas or whatever, but now it's just regular life. Now it's just life again and, and we're past that. And so uh, it's kind of like, okay, what now? You know, we, we have this tendency, right, you know, that, that, you know, the big events, right, they're big, right, and we get fired up and excited about them, and then after they're done, it's kind of like, oh, okay, well, that was that, but now it's just kind of normal. We don't have a lot of, you know, it's like you, every day, you just kind of go through the life, and you're not like, you know, is there anything going to happen today? No, it's not Christmas, right? I mean, it's nothing like, there's no presents being open today, and so you just kind of, life is just kind of becomes a little bit boring. It becomes hum and drum, um, and so what do we do with that, right? You know, you know our tendency is to really focus on the celebrations. But what do we do after the celebration? Right? I mean, the reality is, is most of life is not lived in the midst of the celebration. Right? Christmas isn't every day. And most of the year is not Christmas. <laughs> and so what do we do when it's not Christmas? 
You know, our, our tendency, again, is get excited about the big day, but then everything else, just, life is just life, right? Nothing really big happens. It just kind of, you know, maybe, you know, birthday's coming up, you know. Unfortunately, I'm a November guy, so I got to wait a whole year yet. To, but, you know, maybe your birthday's in January or maybe, you know, whatever. Maybe there's some other event that's coming, uh, you know, that you get. And, and, you know, for us, you know, we've got a grandbaby coming in May, you know. Woo-hoo, excited about that. That's going to be a big event, right? You know, you get. So, so, but we can do that, right? We begin to live our lives for the big events, and so everything we get through one event, now it's the next event, and, and everything in between is just kind of eh, but then the big event's coming. And so we do that, but I think by doing that, sometimes we miss what is happening in between. We, we can actually think, you know, even spiritually, like it's the mountaintop experience. You know, I, I went to life conferences nine times as a leader every time. It was awesome, right? I, I can't believe I got to go to nine of them. It was pretty sweet. I wish I could go to 10, but you know, Xavier said no. So whatever. <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, it's like that, those are mountaintop experiences once every three years. Uh, and each one of those experiences, I have a different memory and a, a different experience that I had. And of course, different students that were there that I was with and, and the things that happened in the midst of that. And, and so, you know, uh, you know, those are mountaintop experiences. And so we can do the same thing, you know, like we're just looking spiritually towards toward the mountaintop, right? You know, that big event, the miracle that happens, the, uh, the amazing experience we have. And, and then after that, we kind of come down off the mountain and, oh, well, it's just, you know, we, we kind of like just ignore the day-to-day. Uh, we can downplay the day-to-day. We can sometimes even think that, you know, is God even in the day-to-day? We can, you know, get so focused on the mountaintop, so focused on the celebration, so focused on the next big thing that's coming that we just kind of think that, you know, that's what life is all about. And we cling to those big events. Uh, There's some people that have had maybe one life conference, one mountaintop experience in their life, and they have clung to that experience their whole life. And it's the most important thing, and they continue to cling to it. And the day-to-day doesn't really matter. They're not looking for Jesus there. They're just glad they had that one experience. And so what do we do with the day-to-day? When life just becomes, you know, mundane and routine and monotonous, is Jesus in that? Is there holiness in the midst of the mundane? How do we live that? What does that look like? Do we cling to the miraculous, that, that moment we had, or maybe the next moment that may come? So much so that we maybe try to manufacture more of those kind of events? It's unfortunate that I think sometimes in church, that's what worship becomes about. It's about the experience. I need to come so I can experience God and have this emotional reaction to him, this miraculous celebration, this event, so that I can make it through the week. And so if that doesn't happen every week, and most of us, I think, realize it doesn't, (laughs) so what do we do? We try to manufacture it and create it, try to do things, you know, repeat the thing that happened last time, right? So are we trying to create and clinging to these miraculous experiences? Or maybe we're in this camp, maybe we're just longing for it. We've heard the stories of other people that have had this amazing experience. And again, maybe we had one one time, but we're just longing for it again. And 
God, where is it? Why can't I have that experience? Where, you know, you know why does everybody else get to have these amazing experiences? We've got, but my life is just, just normal. It's just like nothing happens. Day in and day out, I just go to work. I come home and it's just nothing. And I go to church and nothing. And then I, what, what? it's just, you know, so we long for that. But we must recognize that miraculous and spiritual experiences indeed are holy moments but they're no more holy than the mundane, everyday events of our life. Just because we don't see God's hand in the boring and the monotonous and the mundane doesn't mean that God's hand is not there. We can, you know, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of the miraculous. That's the beauty of the experiential is that, you know, kind of like the, the curtain is pulled back a little bit and we can see this amazing spiritual realm. I mean, think about Moses on the mountain, right? I want to see you, God. And so God allows him to see his back, right? You know, the glory, his back of his glory kind of sense, right? You know, so we get a pull back and we say, oh my gosh, there he is. It's real. He's happening. And then we close that curtain and we get back and then we begin to go, you know, that's the only way to know it's real. And we, we lose sight that he is just as real in the mundane pieces of life, the, the monotonous uh, the day-to-day, the, 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 and the routine. He's there. Now, Ecclesiastes. Who likes to read Ecclesiastes? <sighs> it's a good book. Let me, uh, thank you, thank you for noticing. I didn't write it, but I hear the author's pretty cool too, so... Uh, so, yeah, so, so I'm brought to this, this book, right? We're talking about the monotonous. We're talking about, you know, the mundane. And, and this is kind of what, you know, is dealt with in Ecclesiastes. Like, what is life all about? And, and, you know, the author of Ecclesiastes has all these different experiences. And he says, it's vanity, right? It's like, it's, what's the point? You know, this is crazy. So why do we do what we do? And, and then he gives some answers every once in a while. And so I'll read in chapter 3, verses 9 through, uh, uh, 9 through 13. What gain has the worker for his toil? What's the point of just getting up every day and doing it? I have seen the busyness that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in man's heart. We crave something more, right? We're not happy with just this life. We want more. So he's placed eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceived that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. That is God's gift to man. Toil is a gift from God. The mundane, the routine, the everyday, just kind of going through without any big, you know, show, without any big celebration, without big experience. It's a gift from God. As we know, most of life is spent in the mundane, even in scripture. You know, we, this, you know, this is part of what molds, I think, our 
our, our thinking of experience. You know, we read through scripture and it's just like, you know, amazing story after another amazing story after another amazing, most of it, right? I mean, numbers can be kind of boring, right? But I mean, it's, there, there's parts of it that are a little slow and dry, but, but I mean, you know, when you actually track the timeline and the individuals, right, you're going to go, oh my gosh, look at all these amazing things. I mean, Moses, of course, right? I mean, wow. I mean, just the stuff that's happening, right? All over. The, but do you remember that he spent 40 years in the desert before he spent another 40 years in the desert? <laughs> right? And so that's the reality of scripture is that we get to hear all of the amazing big moments in people's lives where God has stepped in and, and rightly, rightfully so, because it teaches us about who God is. But we begin to think that that's the way that all of life should be. Why is my life not like Moses, right? Why am I not having all these experiences or like Abraham, but even Abraham and Moses and David and jo you know, Joseph, they all had Monday. I mean, think about the, you know, the, the father of baby Jesus, right? We just had, he just got born yesterday, right? So what is Joseph doing today, right? Changing diapers. Think about that, right? He's changing diapers. Like that is not fun. That's not like, you know, glorious. That's not, I mean, even though it's the son of God, right? I mean, it is, you know, right? It's, so it, most of life is this mundane, right? This mundane aspects, this routine of it. Even Jesus I mean, we know a whole lot about three years of his life, but what about the other 30? Right? I, I think his life was pretty just normal. I, I, I think it was just kind of, you know, he got up, did his work, and then, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he, he rested from his work. Right? I mean, I think it was just kind of an everyday thing, getting up and going. And we, of course, even... Our, I mean, our complaints about the mundane, our complaints or our disregard for the routine of life, it, it comes to us naturally, I think, through the Israelites as well. I mean, think about the Israelites, the 40 years that they're in the desert. Now, I mean, God's doing some pretty amazing things, but in Numbers 11, there's this great passage where, and they complain a lot, but in this great passage where they're like, they're complaining about manna, Right? Now, most of us were like, okay, I mean, we look back at the story and go, oh my gosh, what an amazing, I mean, to know that every day, like literally God is feeding you, right? I mean, that he is giving you your daily bread. Like literally, if he doesn't cause this stuff to fall on the ground, I mean, you can't eat. I mean, you're going to starve and die. We're thinking, oh my gosh, that's awesome. But 40 years of this, right? And so they are complaining to, to Moses. Like, you know, we have to, what's up with this manna stuff? I mean, back in Egypt, we had fish like all the time. We had all this amazing meat. We had all these different things. I mean, like, but this, this day to day, just ew, right? This, this every day I get up, it's, it looks the same. It tastes the same. I have to grind it. I mean, why not just giving it once a week so we could grind a big batch of it for the week? No, no. Every day I've got to go out. I got to collect it. I've got to grind it up. I've got to cook it. I've got, you know, you know what I'm saying? And so there's this complaining and, and we get that way too, right? This is the reality, right? The everyday, oh man, why do I got to do this again? God, why don't you come in and do something different? Why don't you give me something more? We can get pretty whiny. <laughs> the miraculous and the mundane are spiritual and holy. Certainly, the miraculous is a clear glimpse of the spiritual realm, but that does not mean that simply because we can't see that the mundane is also is not just as much spiritual. Every moment of life is holy and spirit-filled 
whether miraculous or emotional, or whether it's just a regular day routine, whether he's obviously working in our life or not. So if indeed every day is holy, every activity that we do is spiritual, then we need to be able to approach the mundane and the routine of life with a different perspective. And I would say that we need to live lives of faithfulness, lives of purposefulness, and lives of thankfulness. So living, living faithful. Again, Scripture tells us clearly, Jeremiah 29, 11, but John 5, 17 says that God has, Jesus says that my father is always at work. Romans 8, 28 talks about the fact that God is working all things together for our good. James 29, 11, you know that he has plans for us, plans to prosper us, things to do good things for. He has good things for us. So if he has all of this, again, we believe that in our brain because scripture teaches us, then we need to understand that God is always working in us, whether we see it or not. Do you believe it? Do you believe it, right? I mean, how is your behavior each day? Is it professing that? Do you see that? God is always speaking. Can you always hear him? Now, this is a challenging one, right? Because, you know, God speaks in a lot of different ways. And, and sometimes we can get zeroed in on one particular way that God speaks. Maybe it's just through Scripture that He speaks, and we don't hear Him speak to our minds. Or maybe it's just in our minds that He speaks, and we don't hear Him speak through Scripture or through the events or circumstances or other people, right? We can get zeroed in on one particular way that God speaks, and, and so He can go silent in that way, and we can think, oh, where God, where's God? He's not speaking now. But He's always speaking, He's always interacting with us. He's always with us. And so we have to recognize and believe that. It's, it's a life of faith. That whether I hear him or not, he is speaking. Whether I see him or not, he is working. Whether I feel him or not, he is there. Now there is this called the dark night of the soul. Maybe you've heard about it. Uh, I won't get too much into this. But the idea behind a dark night of the soul is that it's a, it's a period of time in the Christian life as you continue to you know, live your life for Jesus, there will come a time that perhaps you will like, feel like he's all of a sudden not near. The, the feelings and the emotions that you normally feel. Maybe, maybe worship has always been really good for you, but when you go and you worship, all of a sudden it just feels like you know, it's not the same thing. Or, or in your prayer time, maybe you always feel like it's really you know, communication back and forth, back and forth. And all of a sudden uh, you go through this period of time where it's like, where are you, God? And he seems like he's silent, right? This is called the dark night of the soul. I think I experienced something like this actually many years ago. And it lasted, normally it's only lasted, you know, maybe a year. But mine lasted like, I felt like for five years. Where I felt like I, before that, I felt like God and I had this real active relationship. And we were just constantly in conversation. And things were happening. And I had experiences of him. And it was just like every, every week, you know, things were happening, right? And then all of a sudden there was this like five-year gap where I felt like he was totally silent. And, it's, and here's, the, here's the reality, whether it's a five-year gap, whether it's a one-year gap, whether it's a one-month gap, maybe whether it's a one-day or one-hour gap, the question that always comes down to is, do you trust that he is who he says he is? Right? Do you, do you believe what scripture says? The fact that he is near you, whether you feel like it or not, that he is speaking, whether you hear him or not. 
that he is working whether you see it or not, right? I mean, that's the question. And so the encouragement here is that in the midst of mundane, in the midst of routine, in the midst of what seems like, you know, not really a big thing happening, are we still trusting and living faithfully to him and trusting that he is active even though we don't know it? Sometimes the reality is we just have to go through the motions. Normally that's we have a God who's intimate and relational with us, and it can be really exciting and fun. But sometimes we just have to go through the motions. Sometimes you just have to get up and you pray, even though you don't feel like he's saying anything back. You get up and Sunday morning you go to worship, even though it's not been as lively as it used to be. You continue to do those things to worship him and give him praise uh, in the midst of that. We must have the faith that he is still active and trust that he is always at work and continue to live each day for him. Which leads us to the next point, living purposeful. In the midst of the mundane and the routine and the normal kind of day-to-day stuff, we have to find a way to live purposeful. No matter what we do, Scripture tells us, and the passage that we read, Colossians 3.17, we do it for the glory of God. Do you do the mundane for the glory of God, or is it only Sunday mornings in worship? Is it only when you crack open your Bible and read? Is that for the glory of God, but not when you leave for work that day? Not when you're hammering, you know, nails. Not when you're, you know, writing, you know, your reports. Not when you're, you know, doing the mundane things of life. Are those done for the glory of God, or is it just the spiritual things? We work hard no matter what it is, not for the job, not for our boss, not for a paycheck, but for Jesus. No matter what kind of work it is, all of life is meaningful and purposeful. The good Right? We don't have a problem with that. We like the good. Yeah, that's, that's, really, that's really meaningful. We like that. Pleasure, right? That's, that's it's great. Celebrations, we love that. Good times, right? Pain, yeah. Okay, that's not, we don't like so much. But, you know, we as Christians, if we have a theology of suffering, we can go, okay, well, this pain can be good for me. All right, God, you can teach me something in it. But what about the boring? Is there any good in that? Is there any purpose in that? Oftentimes, we see that as not really very important or valuable. But even the boring is meaningful. Even the jobs and the tasks that we have to do that we hate are meaningful and important. But we must choose to do those things for Jesus. You see, it changes the perspective if I'm taking out trash or cleaning toilets, right? I mean, that, that's not a lot of fun. I mean, not very many people like to do that. That's just kind of boring and it's kind of nasty and gross, right? And we just, we don't want to do it. And so if I'm just doing it to get a paycheck, if I'm just doing it to make my boss happy, if I'm just doing it because, well, it has to be done. Okay, well, that's, it's, there's nothing in it, right? It's just bad. It's just, there's no good in it, right? And very little. But if I'm doing it for Jesus, all of a sudden, taking out the trash or cleaning the toilet totally changes, It becomes actually an event of worship. Do we see 
the monotonous, the boring, the ugly, the difficult, the dirty jobs that we have to do, the things that we hate, do we see them as worship? I think a lot of times we miss out on the spiritual stuff that God is doing in our life simply because we can't imagine that he's in this boring, ugly, hated job that we're doing. The job that I worked in grocery certainly wasn't boring. <laughs> it was quite monotonous. Uh, one of the things that I liked the least about my job was what they call facing shelves. Now, some people think, oh, what do you do? And go just stand and look at the shelves? Oh, wait. <laughs> facing the shelf. No, it's actually, you probably know, most of you know, but you're pulling the product to the front of the shelf so that you can, everybody can see what it is and it's easily to grab for the customers and this kind of stuff. Well, you know, I worked graveyard for six years uh, and that was a big part of what I did. Most nights I would have to go through the entire store and face the shelves, right? And oh my gosh, boring, 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 not fun. And oftentimes I did that by myself. Like if I had somebody else to talk to, maybe it would have been, you know, you know, manageable. But, it, you know, it, it was a long time coming doing that. And I, it was not fun. But God can use it. He can use those boring things to speak to us, to encourage us, to bless us. Why are we doing those things? If we're just doing it because the boss told us, we're missing out on the spiritual aspect of it. We should be purposeful about everything we do. Facing the shelves becomes a time of prayer, right? Facing the shelves with a buddy becomes a time of evangelism or just to bless him and encourage one another, right? I mean, we can change whatever the job is around when we are doing it for Jesus. If we want to enjoy the job or the chores or whatever it is we're doing, do them for Jesus. Instead of hating it, if you hate your job, turn your mind around. Say, wait a second. Okay, how do I do my job for Jesus? How about I start working every morning, getting up and doing that job now for Jesus? Whatever it is, God is in it. He can use it. He's active in there. He's speaking to you through it. He's, it's there, right? And we just got to see it that way. And that finally leads to the final point here is living thankfully. You know, joy is not something that just kind of happens. Well, sometimes it does. You know, somebody comes up and scares you or tickles you. Oh, oh, oh that, was, that was so funny. Right? You know, sometimes it's, but most of the time, joy is something that is not just going to happen. It's, it really comes from our own perspective, the view of things. Why are we doing the things? And, and, it, and joy comes from thankfulness. God created us actually to enjoy all of life. This is what Ecclesiastes is telling us. Even the toil. Even the mundane, he's created us to enjoy it. The good things, the spiritual things, the difficult things, the sad things, and the boring things are all meant to be enjoyed. So, if we want to find joy in them, we need to begin to be thankful for them. We tend to complain about life instead of be thankful for it. Life is hard. Life is painful. Life is boring. Life is pointless. But if we can come at it with the perspective of thankfulness, we can find joy in the midst of it. Again, if we believe in our hearts, faith, that God is always at work, even in our lives and in the mundane, then 
we begin to live our life more purposefully for Jesus, even the mundane, then that results in a thankfulness that the things that I'm doing that he is working in, even the mundane things of my life, the routine things of my life, the boring things of my life, he is there and he's working. Must be thankful in all things. First Thessalonians 5, 16 and 8 to 18, right? We be thankful for all things. Have the perspective that God is working instead of comparing our life. You know, this is, this is a big struggle for Thanksgiving. If you want to be thankful, you've got to stop comparing your life to other people's. Right? It's just reality, right? I mean, we, we, we look at somebody else's life. Well, I want to have their life. Well, how come, you know, that guy, he seems to always have, you know, some story about what God's doing, some big thing, you know? I, I want that, right? What God, why aren't you that active in my life, right? Why aren't you doing all of those things, right? We, we could get really, you know, critical, right? Critical of God. We could be, you know, again, complaining, and we're not thankful, we're not joyful because we're comparing ourselves to somebody else. It's not fair. And then we have these unrealistic expectations that God's going to do all these amazing and powerful and huge things. It's going to change us, right? God does change us, but it's not always huge. It's not always going to be something that everybody's going to know about. Oftentimes, it's just the little tiny things in the moment of prayer or in the moment of weakness, a moment of the mundane, when all of a sudden the thought comes and he speaks to you. you go, oh. That's not a big miraculous thing, but wow, boy, did that change. I mean, think back in your life, some of the decisions that you've made in your life that had radical changes in the direction of your life. Do you think God wasn't in that? God was there. Now, some of those changes maybe were real painful, but God was still there in the pain with you. Or they were great, and he was there in the celebration as well. The idea is that whatever we are doing, it's a gift from God. Again, it goes back to, you know, who created us? Is life a gift or not? It is a gift. The fact that we are alive, the fact that we have breath within us, the fact that we are able to have communion and interaction and relationships with people, the fact that we can worship a God, the fact that we have hope for tomorrow, the fact that Jesus came, right, died on the cross, rose from the dead, ascended to the Father, and now is coming back again someday, those are all gifts that God has given us. And again, as Christians, we have this sense of eternity, right? That the life that we need to live right now is just a vapor, right? It's here and gone in a moment. But eternity, of course, lasts for all eternity. So it's a long time. And so, so we recognize that our life here is just so short. And yeah, there's moments of mundane. Maybe most of it is mundane and boring. But God is in all of those moments as well. What a gift it is. To know that we have a God who has given purpose to all of life, not just some of life. And that we would live our way that, live that way with great thankfulness for what he's done. That he's given us life, that he provides for us, our families. He gives us relationships and he gives us jobs to do. We must choose to be thankful for all of our life. All right, worship team, come on up. So, 
It's uh, the day after Christmas. Yes, maybe we've got New Year's still coming, and so we're still on the, uh, you know, the emotional excitement high, celebration high over the next week, but especially after next Sunday, uh, you know, when we get past New Year's and the holidays begin, you know, January is a pretty boring month, right? Not a lot going on in January, right? You're kind of just down. We will enjoy maybe it being a little bit slower paced for some of us, right? You know, we will enjoy that, but may we not think that it's any less spiritual, that it's any less holy, that God is in that as well. And may he help each and every one of us to begin to find his presence, his voice, his work in the mundane, the routine of life. And that we would never think that any day is just kind of a throwaway day. Ah, that doesn't really matter. No, every day matters. Everything that we do matters. That we would continue to trust and put our faith in him. That we would continue to be purposeful, working for him every day. And that we would continue to be thankful for all that he's given us, even those mundane, boring days of routine. Amen? All right, let's stand and uh, we'll sing a song or two, and I'll come up with a closing passage. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you are in all of life. Lord, that uh, it's not just a Sunday morning thing and during worship. It's not just in those big events and those exciting times. Lord, you're in all of it, even the things that seem pretty kind of just normal and regular and even boring. Thank you that you have redeemed all of life and that you are actively involved every moment of our life, that you are there, you are encouraging us, you're blessing us, you're providing for us, you are speaking to us, you're working in us, you're working through us. Lord, help us to be able to find that even in the mundane things of our life. Lord, that the routines would not be something that we just throw away as not important or not valuable, but that we would recognize that you are just as involved in those times as you are in those times when we can see the miraculous or experience this amazing spiritual experience. Uh, Lord, thank you. You do uh, walk through all of life with us. And so, Lord, we just pray that you would uh, continue to direct us in that way. Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Merry Christmas. See you guys next week. Have a great and blessed day.